Thank you for joining us here at Celebration Church, where we celebrate God, celebrate people, and celebrate life. We hope you enjoy today's message. Hey, if you're new, welcome. If you're online with us this morning, welcome. <clears throat> or our podcast, welcome as well. Uh, it's just great to have you with us. Uh, yeah, good. Are you ready? This morning's going to be, it already is a great morning, but you come out on an extra good morning. You've battled the rain, you're here, you're ready. Um, I just, before we get into the word, I want to highlight our internship program for this year. I interned uh, at a church for a year. Internships are basically, we encourage people to apply for this. And basically it's giving one day a week for a year just to serve God, really. Um, Not everyone can do that. Not everyone is in a place where they can... Uh, maybe you're working full-time or you have other things, but some people you might find, yeah, I can do that. Uh, and for a, a year, come out uh, one day a week and just help build the local church, be a part of um, you know, what God's doing, um, and just serve. It's a year of worship for me. I just think it's a day a week. So if that's interesting to you, if you feel yourself going, yeah, that could be for me, feel free to apply. It's, it's all ages. Um, well, not kids, but... Uh, over that'd be a bit weird if my son's interning out here for that's a... no, okay all right who has your bibles with you you got your bibles why don't you turn with me to uh isaiah isaiah chapter 43 verse 19 isaiah 43 19 and while you're doing that i'm gonna try and share something a little bit funny Keyword on try, so give me a grace. All right, little Philip was walking home in the rain when his mother, uh, sorry, with his mother following the Sunday service. It finally stopped raining as they rounded the corner where to their surprise and delight appeared a vivid rainbow in the sky. Doesn't it look like an artist painted this rainbow, the mother said. I bet God painted this just for you. Yes, replied Philip. God did it, and he did it left-handed. Confused, his mother asked, what makes you say it's with his left hand? Well, said Philip, we learned in Sunday school today that Jesus sits on God's right hand. (laughs) Don't clap. It's not worthy of a clap, but it didn't land. Hey, I thought it was good. I read it to my wife. She, she gave me the thumbs up. So you can definitely blame her for... Uh, no, no. No, that's good. I like it. That's good. God's right hand, hey? Let's look at the scripture together. It says this. It says, it says, See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland see i'm doing a new thing do you not perceive it i am doing a new thing let's pray together father i thank you for your presence and we thank you for your goodness and we thank you that you are here your holy spirit is here and we invite you have your way this morning stir up our church lord we pray just for a holy spirit encounter today in jesus name and everyone said Amen. Awesome. 
this fan is amazing, but it is messing me up. It's I got married eight years ago. Eight years? Yeah, yeah, my wife, my wife clapped the loudest then. Eight years ago, in January 10th was our anniversary. Luckily this year I booked a romantic dinner on January 7th, not realising our anniversary was January 10th, but it tied in really well when Charlotte found out that I'd booked a romantic dinner. And we got married eight years ago, and when I was single, I actually really enjoyed it. I could wear what I wanted around the house, I could lay on the couch eating lasagna, I could, it was my introverted time, it was great. I got married and it was even better. <laughs> it really was, it was. That no, actually was really better. <laughs> but I remember, I remember I was there um, and I actually felt my heart and you might have heard this. One day I was like, I feel like my single life's coming to an end. And I was like, I, I'd like that's the, and it was really urgent in my spirit. And I thought, I've got to make the most of this. So I just, pizza every night, takeaways. Anyway, three weeks later, Charlie and I started dating. And within a year we were married and she's an amazing wife. But I had to learn some new things. I had to learn how to be married. I had to learn that going to bed at night without washing every dish and having it put away was no longer acceptable. I had to learn that when Connect Group was coming to our house, that putting the dirty dishes in the spare cupboards at the last minute wasn't acceptable anymore. Anyone ever done that before? And then somebody in the connector opens you. I'll get, a, I'll get a glass. Oh, wow, there's spaghetti in this cupboard. This is weird. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think Charlotte found that at my house at Connect Group. And I was like, well, you know what you're getting into, don't you? Like, you've been pre-warned. I learned that I had to have two showers a day when I was married. Before I was married, I'd have one a week. It was fine. <laughs> I learned that, as an introvert, that my time was now changing. I married a koala bear. That's what my wife calls herself, where she will hang off me 24-7. <laughs> on our honeymoon, I had to say to my wife, tomorrow I need to have a day to myself. And it wasn't because I was annoyed at my wife, it was because my introverted side was longing to be alone. <laughs> on our honeymoon. It's true. And she got upset and cried, but then she realised she married an introvert and the best me is an introvert in me sometimes. So one, one, one part of the week now, I get my alone time. Any other introverts like that? Now extroverts, that sounds horrible. You're like, how could you, heartless. Hey, can't. I learned these things in marriage and a lot of other things. I learned that watching the sport on our one TV, came secondary to my wife watching whatever she wants to watch. I need a man cave. Pray me in a man cave, please. Yeah, pray it, just declare it, Pastor Benaiah. I learned that I could no longer eat Chinese food 
regularly because my wife is allergic to MSG. I grieve losing Chinese food out of my life. <laughs> Had to learn new things. And then I became a dad. Love being a dad, best thing ever. But then I had to learn a whole bunch of new things again. I learned that you think you don't have enough sleep when you have no kids, and then you long for the amount of sleep you had once you have kids before. It's funny when single people say to me, I have, I have no time, and I just laugh at them now. <laughs> and I only have one kid. Some of you guys have many kids a plethora of kids. I learned that the side of me that doesn't really enjoy things like dirty nappies or anything queasy like that or stinky or... I learned that now I have had a baby that dirty nappies are totally fine. I used to say to my wife before we were married, I'm not changing any nappies. I can't do it, I'll gag, like I can't. As soon as I had a kid, I'm the nappy king. I can change a nappy so quickly. One handed even, eyes shut, I just. <laughs> Last night Charlotte was out and I gave, I was looking after my son, he's two and a half now. And I'd give him his bath, and it was about to be bedtime. And I said to him, just let me watch the headlines for two minutes. Two minutes, he disappeared, looked out. I was like, where did he go? He's in our sand pit, rolling around, <laughs> literally. So I just videoed it and sent it to Charlotte. I was just like, she's got to see this. This is going to stress her out. <laughs> and she wrote back, second shower, question mark. And I didn't write back. I just put it into bed. <laughs> I was like, no, we're not doing a second. He can just have a, a sandy bed. When I was married and had a, had a son, I learned that date nights look completely different. When you go on holidays with your kids, they are different to when you go without kids. Your holiday now becomes about the kid and nap time and park time. Literally, what are we doing today? We're going to find a park <laughs> until there's a nap and then we're going to have an hour of no kid and then we're going to have another bunch of time in the afternoon for another park and then he's gonna to go to bed, then we have another couple of hours of no kid, and then he wakes up at 5 a.m. and it happens again. Yeah, the parents here all know what I'm talking about. I had to learn that date days look a bit different. On Friday, I took Charlotte out for a breakfast, a date day. She started a new job this year, so we celebrated it. We went out to a cafe, and I literally said to Charlotte halfway through it, I am stressed out, because Bear decided that he was gonna just do whatever he wanted, just get down from the table, walk around, lay on the ground at one point, lay in the doorway of the cafe with his cars, make a lot of noise, and I'm there going, oh my goodness, I'm feeling stressed. Charlie, she's having a great time, she doesn't care. I'm just there going, ugh, like, this has stressed me out more than if we didn't have a date day, but it wasn't about me. So we still stayed and it was enjoyable by the end of it. I've learned as a dad, I'm learning now, this word called discipline. I'm trying to teach my son discipline. It is hard. I don't like being the bad guy. I'm a peacemaker by nature. So now my son is at an age where he can talk 
and he loves just pushing the boundaries. So if you say, don't do that, he will do the very thing you're saying don't do. <laughs> Literally, he, he just, he just pushes, he just, he just wants to see what happens. Any other parents remember that phase with their kids? My son's two and a half, that's what he does. He's just... <laughs> so now I'm learning how to discipline my son. How do you discipline a kid? How do you, how do you discipline them in the middle of a busy cafe or a shopping center or when he is the king because he knows he's got an audience? How do I do this without looking like I am the worst parent on earth? How good is bribery? I just bribe my kid all the time. If you stop doing that, I'll give you an ice block at home. Stop, ice block. Okay, awesome. I had to learn a bunch of new things for new seasons. And when it comes to God, and when it comes to this year, I believe that God is wanting us to be people who are stepping into a new season and believing God for new things. Do you know that God has blessings for us this year that you have never experienced before? You imagine if every Christmas you got the same gift, or every birthday, oh, it's your birthday, oh, this, or it's for a parent here, you gave your kid the same gift every birthday, or every Christmas. You know it wouldn't go down very well. Here you go, you excited, are you ready? Oh, it's the same book as last year. I've got this book. No, but it's a blessing. It, it'd be happy. I think sometimes with God we have that type of mentality where we've had blessings and breakthrough and we're like, we're expecting the same type of blessings and our mindsets limit us, but God says, I've got a new thing for you. Behold, I have a new season, a new blessing, and not just that, but do you, do you, if you perceive it, mindset, believe for it, open your heart to it, I'm going to not just give you blessing, I'm going to create miracles in your life. I'm going to create streams in the desert. I'm going to create, uh, you know, rivers in the wasteland. We have to have eyes, we have to have a heart that actually says yes to the things of God and not limit him to what we know. Because it's human nature to limit God to what you know. You know, we go to the same restaurants, we get the same favourite foods, we have the same coffee order. We like doing things that we know. But our God is so much bigger and he says, there's things that you don't know, there's things that you don't realise, there's blessings I have for you, there's journeys that are different if you perceive it. Let me just read you this in, in Romans 12 verse 1. It's in the message, so I'll just read it. It says, it says so here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Next slide. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God You'll be changed from the inside out, readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it. How awesome is that? I just love that. It's a paraphrase. I just, I just think it's so powerful. Now, if you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 6, verse 16 to 18. When you, get, when you got it, tell me you got it. That would be great. Matthew chapter 6, 16 to 18. All things new, God doing a new thing. It says this, it says, 
When you fast, why don't you say fast? Do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show that they are fasting. Now, is anyone here the type of person that when you go on a diet, everybody knows it? I'm that person. <laughs> anyone else like that? When you're, when you're doing something good, you've got to tell the world. And I've got a platform to do this every week, so I just tell you. I just announce everything. The wife, you've got to keep things just for... And I just blubber it all the time. It's, it's, when you fast, when some people fast, you know it. You've got to walk around eggshells around that person. Moody Baroody has entered the room. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen, and your Father who, is, who sees what is done in secret will reward you. All things new, new blessings, new breakthrough. Who wants to see God do new things in your life? Last Sunday, uh, the board and myself sat down and we had a time of prayer and a time of planning together. And we, we, we talked about the year to come. And let me just say, there's going to be some great things this year for our church family. You're in a good season. You're in a good church community. And part of that, it will be, or it will be launched on Vision Sunday, the theme for the year. But to get our hearts ready for that, for that new season, that new blessing, I think it's good for us as a church to start the year preparing our hearts. I'm going to invite our church family to join me for two weeks of prayer and fasting. Now, you don't have to fast food, but I'm going to talk about other ways you can fast. And the purpose of it is to posture ourselves, get our hearts in a place as a church community to receive what God has for us. I've spoken to other pastors. Just this week I spoke to a pastor who done this in their church and he said, you can sense it in the atmosphere that the church is hungrier, the worship is better, the, the leaning with the preaching, the testimonies are greater because there is unity in the church. And so I'm going to invite you and I'm going to set a platform today for us as a church because we haven't done this for many years where we have 14 days from next Sunday, leading up to our Vision Sunday, to come before God as living sacrifices and say, Lord, I am ready. I am holy. I am set apart. I am hungry. I love in this scripture, Matthew 6.16, Jesus actually doesn't say, if you fast. Do you notice that? What does he say? He says, when you fast. So therefore, we have to understand that it isn't a suggestion, it's actually something God wants us to do in our personal spiritual life. I've done a few fasts, it doesn't look like it probably, but a few food fasts. The longest fast I've done was 21 days of no food, just water. I felt amazing. I will say this this morning, just as a, as a keynote, or sorry, as a footnote, I am not a doctor. I'm going to talk about some medical 
studies this morning, but please take your own research, do your own research. Okay, I want to say that because I don't want people taking me to task because you decide to do a 21-day water fast or something. But for me, I've done 21 days for breakthrough, and it was amazing. Spiritually, it was amazing. Physically, there were benefits. I've done a couple of uh, uh, seven-day water fasts. I've done a, a lot of three-day water fasts, and I've done a lot of one-day water fasts. And every time, there is breakthrough in my life spiritually. Did you notice that Jesus, before his ministry, what did he do, church? He went out and he done a 40-day fast. Fasting and prayer go hand in hand. Why is it? We're going to talk about that in a second. Well, let's talk about it now. Why is fasting so powerful? Well, firstly, it's a worship act to God. We live in a society where it's consume, 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 but it's rare that we actually sacrifice um, for other things, in particular, sacrifice for him. Because our culture is consume, consume, consume. When we fast, and again, there's going to be different ways. I'm going to uh, talk to you today. You can fast caffeine for two weeks. You can fast social media. You can fast TV. You can fast um, food. You can fast uh, sugar. Whatever it might be for you, this, for me, the heart isn't the legalism of it has to be no food. Rather, it is what's going to cost you. Yeah? So just hear what I'm saying this morning through that filter because I am going to invite you at the end of today to join me Sunday next Sunday for 14 days of prayer and fasting for our church community and for our city. And there's going to be things we're going to do as a church in that time, prayer gatherings, potential devotional together and to seek God as a church family. Does that sound good? And it's also just a good discipline. But Jesus says, when you fast. And the thing is, is it actually is at its essence, 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 it is a worship act to him. So you might say, but I really feel that I'm going to fast one meal a day. Okay, well, in that meal, don't just do nothing. In that meal time, use that time to pray in that moment of fasting. Because prayer... This is, what, this, is, this is what I've learned. Fasting turbocharges prayer. Fasting electrifies prayer. So the Bible talks about, and if you read it, I don't have time to go through a lot of all the examples, but Jesus calls us to fast and pray. Why? Okay, it's a worship act. It's also a time of drawing close to God. When you sacrifice and give up things for God in worship, it draws you to him because the Bible tells us that he inhabits our worship. It actually says he inhabits the praises of his people. Fasting is a way of humbling ourselves before God. It's a way of going more of you and less of me. <laughs> How cool is that? Fasting is a time of prayer and, and, and seeking guidance and discernment. So if you're thinking about the New Testament church, it gives us the example, when they were looking to appoint people into leadership, what did the, people, what did the leaders do? It says that they fasted and prayed. And if you need breakthrough this morning with discernment or with direction, fast and pray. 
it's actually a really powerful tool that God gives us. Another thing that fasting is good for is actually repenting of sin. You see it in the scripture where repentance and fasting go hand in hand. And what happens is when you fast, it causes things to break off our life. Addictions and, 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 and patterns and things that aren't right, and attitudes and unforgiveness break off us when we fast and pray. It's a, it's a, it's a way of posturing ourselves for blessing and as a church community, if we do this together, it's actually going to be a way to unify our church family. Remember, where does God command blessing? Where there is unity. So when we are together in unity, now why is it that you have to work extremely hard at having no attitude at anybody else in the church community? Because when you have attitude with someone else in the church community, you have the potential to create disunity and to block blessing. Yeah. <sighs> well, there's one. There's one for us. It doesn't make sense to me when people leave community when they're offended, although I see it happen all the time across many churches, including our church. Offense is not the reason to leave somewhere. Deal with your heart of forgiveness. If I leave my marriage because my wife offends me, our marriage will not last very long. What is the church called? The Bride of Christ. We have to be, she's my bride, we are the bride. We have to be great at forgiveness, re reconciling, covering each other, loving each other. And fasting and prayer together do that. Now, the thing is about fasting, now this is cool, this is, this is really, really cool. When you fast, physically, things happen. Have you noticed that in life often, the physical and spiritual can often go hand in hand. So scripturally, is this okay this morning? No, it's more of a teaching morning. But scripturally, what does the Bible say? It says, it says um, look to the creation or look to the mountains, look to the fields. They declare your greatness. That's my paraphrase. But basically, look to nature because God is moving through nature and it's an expression of the spiritual because God is spiritual. You are an expression physically of spiritual. You are created in God's image. Turn to your neighbor and say, you look like God. How weird is that? In all your unique features. Turn to your other neighbor and say, you look even more like God. <laughs> but the Bible tells us that we are created in his image. Hence why racism is so ridiculous. Because you can hate a race based on the color of their skin or how they look, but the reality is they look like God. Yeah. <laughs> so you're hating God. And a lot of racism historically was based on Christian type of misinterpretations. Ridiculous. But when you physically fast, have you also noticed that when you fast, when, when my dog is not well, she stops eating. When your kids are unwell, often they will stop eating. When you feel unwell, the last thing you want to do is have a tomahawk steak. Yeah? <laughs> this gastro was amazing. I was vomiting everywhere. Give me a steak, somebody. Extra gravy. See, it's ridiculous. Well, why is that? Well, 
because when you're not feeling well, it's the body's natural response to say, don't give me food because I want to feed on the virus. In other words, I want to put my energy into di from digestion into fighting the sickness. When I was young, I don't know if your mum did this, whenever you had a stomach bug, like in our house it was yearly, the winter stomach bug where you're throwing up and that type of thing, what did your mum always do? Have a lemonade ice block. Anyone, have the parents do that? I've got no idea why this happened. Have some lemonade. It was like the highlight of being sick. <laughs> she would go and she would buy these lemonade ice blocks and my siblings couldn't touch them because they were mine because I paid the price by being sick. Again, I'm not going to give you medical advice, but often your body will naturally say, don't feed me because it actually wants to use that energy to fight off that sickness. So when they say, you've got to eat something for your energy, it's probably actually not right. You're probably making yourself worse, potentially. Again, not medical advice. Do your own research. But when you fast, a bunch of natural benefits start to occur. I've done so much research about this to the point where I fast regularly, I need to do it more, but I do fast regularly for the sake of the health benefits as well as the spiritual. But what happens is this, when you fast, water fast, so that's, just, that's not fasting water, that's just drinking water and not eating food. The first 24 hours, your body will go into consuming energy in your glucose, in your blood, and eating the food that you've eaten the previous 24 hours, 48 hours. So that's why at three o'clock in the afternoon, if you haven't eaten, some people get hangry. I'm gonna pick on my wife. Friday morning, she was hangry. She wanted some scrambled eggs from the cafe. And I could just, I know my wife, she was just like, we need to go get a coffee. We need to go get some eggs. And, I'm, and I said, I think you're a bit hangry today. Hangry, hangry. Anyone else get hangry? Anyone else's spouses get hangry? Oh, I see little hands. <laughs> uh, just. <laughs> you know why that is? It's because when you hit that afternoon, if you haven't eaten breakfast, lunch, your glucose drops and it makes you moody. Because your body is saying, give me carbs, give me energy. Um, I've got a medical student nodding down here, so I'm going to take it to the bank. If I say anything that isn't right, you just tell me. Just give me the big, yeah. So the first, 20, the first 12 hours is tough because your body is naturally saying, give me, I need, because your brain actually works off carbohydrates. Yeah? If I get a bit too over your head, let me know. And what happens is your, your, your energy is carbs. It's what you eat. And then what happens is if you still don't eat, at the 24-hour, 48-hour mark, your body goes into this first phase, which is this. It actually starts cleansing out your toxins. So who here has actually done a water fast before? Now, if you, if you, maybe you've had this experience. You get to kind of day two or day three, and you start feeling sick. Like some people could even they get fluey. They get a bit, sometimes they can even be nauseated. Sometimes you can even vomit. And what's happening is, is all the toxins that is uh, stored in your in your body, in particular your fat, get sucked out by your body and get consumed at the 48 hour, and for guys normally 48, and for girls kind of 72 hour, 
gets sucked out and it makes you feel terrible. And what's happening is your body is detoxing. I've been through this. Headaches, bad breath, hangry, hangriness, medical word there, no doubt. And what's happening is your body is getting rid of toxins. Your tongue gets a white coat on it. It's gross. And it's just a sign of a detoxification going on, which, by the way, you want toxins out of your body or in your body, yeah? So it's actually a good thing. And your body's going, let's get rid of all the, all the rubbish. And you know, spiritually, this happens. When you fast and pray, one of the first things that starts to happen is all the spiritual toxins start to come out. All the bad, energy, uh, all the bad uh, attitudes start to come out. <laughs> you start thinking about that person you have attitude with and you haven't forgiven. Why are they in my mind? Why is this? God, come on. And he's going, come on, let's deal with the toxin. Let's deal with this. Let's get rid of this because you're in a process of detoxification. Medically, I've, I've read from a bunch of sources that at least once a year, there should be some type of fast process you go through to give your body a reset. So what happens, though, is that day 48, sorry, day 48, day two or three, your body goes from detoxification, which, by the way, can last longer, depending on how toxic you are. <laughs> if you're really toxic, you go for days. <laughs> and if you've never fasted, there's a good chance you have many days worth of toxins. Get them out. And you know it in your breath, and you know it in other ways. It comes through your skin. It's weird. Toxins coming out of your body. Better out than in, though. The second thing that happens is this. You go from that, and day four or five, your hunger actually dissipates because your body has gone from eating glucose in your blood for energy to eating, a, eating the food in your stomach to eating your toxins, and now it's going, ooh, some fat reserves. Yummy, give me some lard, give me some fat. This is great. And your body enters this state called ketosis. Anyone heard of the keto diet? Okay, keto diet is just a ketosis diet, and what that is is it's your body using fat stores as energy instead of carbohydrates. Your brain actually, again, do your own research, works better on ketones than it does on carbs. You can think better when you're fasting than when you're not. Interesting, hey? And so your body starts to use this energy and it sets off a chemical called ketones because you're in ketosis and that's when your breath gets really bad because you're breathing out your fat. Is that right? Yeah, actually, my wife will tell you this. Why do you get morning breath? Your body's starting the process. You don't wake up with beautiful breath. Oh, smell this. Oh, yes. Kiss me, honey. Kiss me. Go and brush your teeth before you talk to me. So your body starts to eat fat, and what happens is your, your hunger actually goes away. And so you can fast 10, 15 days, and you're not even hungry. Anyone ever experienced that? Now, you watch more food shows than ever before. I, continue, like, I go and watch those like eating challenge shows. I just YouTube it. And for days, 
And my wife, every time she cooks, she goes, oh, I feel bad, I don't want to cook. I'm like, cook, I want to smell it. And I'll get my face in her food. <laughs> ah, food still exists. There is hope in the future. I can smell it. <laughs> Next Friday when I break this, for, oh, yes. I'm not even exaggerating. That's very, very under-dramatized. So the first thing is there's a cleansing of toxins, which represents a repentance and purity of heart. And the second thing is there is a reusing of old and damaged cells. And physically, this is called autophagy. Anyone heard of the word autophagy? Autophagy is literally your body in the processes of fasting going, there's no more food in the stomach. What, what toxins can I get rid of? And then what cells are damaged? And autophagy is your body's way of eating damaged cells. How cool is the body? When you fast, blah, 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 blah. Not blah, 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 Jesus, sorry. But when you fast, such and such and such, because there is physical benefits of your body healing itself through the fasting process. There's been accounts of people, grey hair getting colour again. Uh, there's been accounts of pimples and acne getting healed. There's been accounts of uh, people who have had long-standing injuries in the time that they've fasted, said they've had a bad shoulder, the shoulder gets really sore, but by the end of it, their shoulder is better because the cells of the body's gone, instead of focusing on your lunch, I'm going to focus on healing. How crazy. Again, not saying that it's every time you're going to get better, but there's all this research now around when you fast, your body has a chance to heal itself. <laughs> Is this okay this morning? Reusing old and damaged cells through fasting. So when we fast and pray, we are renewing our mind and replacing our doubts, fears, and hurts with faith, hope, and love. Your spirit man gets a chance to go, ah, oh, you're not taking everything in all the time. I can now go and start to rejuvenate your spirit man. Let's get rid of that hurt, let's get rid of that doubt, let's get rid of that fear, and let's replace it with faith, hope, and love. And that's why when you come out of a fasted state, you go, man, I feel spiritually strong. Our family, church family goes, together we feel spiritually strong. Because we've gone through a process of spiritual autophagy. Why don't you say to your neighbour, autophagy? Autophagy. If you want to sound smart at the dinner party, talk about autophagy and say it like autophagy. Why not? Here's the third thing that happens when you fast physically and then spiritually. You have this thing in your gut called gut biome. Biome? Bi biome. Biome. You know that your gut has, is it billions or trillions of, of just bacteria. You know, when they, anyone here grow their own kombucha? You know kombucha growers because they talk about, they talk your ear off about the gut bomb, but you, you know about the gut health. But it's actually really true. Eat mold so that you get better. Is it mold? Maybe it's not mold. Mold. 
your gut right now has trillions of, what's the word? Microbacteria, microbiome, like literally like, 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 when I was away and I had an injury and I had to go on antibiotics, it messed my gut up because it kills all your gut biome. So it literally kills everything, good and bad cells. And then I had to go and have a bunch of kombucha and yogurt to try and get my gut healthy again. When you fast, it gives your gut a chance to reset. It kills the bad gut biome and it actually creates healthy gut. The thing is, so here's a really cool thing about that. There's been studies done, yeah, and this is based on cats and mice, okay? So just take it if you want. Where they've found in a cat's microbiome, biome, you get what I'm saying, it will go to the bathroom and in its droppings is a certain gut biome that when mice eat it, that gut biome gets into the mouse and changes the mouse's brain chemistry so that the mouse runs towards the cat instead of away from the cat. <laughs> In other words, the gut biome of the cat is so smart that it tricks a the, the mouse, which is its food source, into running into its mouth. Literally, like, come to me. Like, and there are links now between, get this, your gut biome health and your brain health and mental health. How interesting. So if you have a really high mega processed food, junk food diet, and you feel good for a bit, but then you feel really bad, and mentally you can feel bad, and then you go back in the cycle and you get this stuff, and I've been there, stuck in this sugar cycle, it's actually causing you to be worse off because your gut's becomes what it eats. So we talk about, God, I want more of you. The more we feast on the things of God, the more we hunger for him because our spiritual gut biome gets hungry for God. But if you're just eating all this you know, social media, news, music, all this other stuff that's not him, you start to crave the world because your spiritual gut biome is set because that's what you've been feeding on. Now, when you fast and pray, it resets your spiritual gut biome, which makes you hunger for the things of God. <laughs> and I encourage some of you in the place, water fasting might not be for you, um, but maybe sugar fast for two weeks. Get on, you'd be amazed at what happens. It helps reset, you literally, physically your gut, which helps, so, so here's the question. Does your brain control your gut or does your gut biome control your brain yeah. how interesting yeah. <laughs> are those little billions and trillions of things controlling how you think or are you going say so that i'm gonna i feel like eating that today is it that talking or is it that talking <laughs> do, 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 do. Fourth thing and final thing. When you fast, you go into this really incredible state where human growth hormone is released. Human growth hormone is, is a hormone that your body, when you're a child, 
releases that causes your children to get tall. Yeah? So when they get to a certain height, that decreases, otherwise they'll grow forever. And as you get older, that hormone gets less and less. But when you water fast, guess what gets triggered? And I read a report this morning, they say potentially up to 2,000 times more when you water fast, human growth hormone grows. That agent is the agent that fights things like cancer. It's the agent that actually causes your cells to be young. <laughs> That's the power of water fasting yeah. or intermittent fasting potentially. And so spiritually what happens, church, when you fast and pray, you release spiritual human growth hormone. But it's actually spiritual growth hormone. And you start to encounter new kingdom growth because you have given up something and you've caused growth to occur in your spirit <laughs> through fasting and prayer. Human growth hormone is something that's great. But a lot of us will miss out on that because we never fast. And spiritually, I wonder what we miss out on if our church never fasts and prays. I actually want it to be a yearly thing for us. Every January, I think we should do a fast and prayer start to the year. And because all these benefits to happen could be physically, but definitely spiritually, as we as a community say, we're going to give 14 days. So from next Sunday through to two Sundays after, which is our Vision Sunday, I'm inviting our church family to join with me in fasting and prayer. Now, things to fast. Let's look, look at this before we finish. Things to fast. You can choose the whatever, but don't choose one that's easy. It's all about giving something up for the sake of worship, sacrifice, giving something up that's going to cost you. So for some, maybe news and media, maybe for you, social media. It might sound silly to others, but for some, that's an addiction. No social media for two weeks. For some of you, it's walking away from negativity and gossip. An example of that is this, because you should always try and flee that, but maybe you're in a workplace where there's a lot of negativity. For two weeks, be like, nah. Yeah, in my lunch break, I'm putting my headphones on, listening to some worship, and I'm just going to make sure my spirit is clear. Entertainment, electronics, maybe TV and movies for two weeks, maybe secular music or the radio, video games, food. Maybe you want to do a Daniel fast for two weeks. So Daniel was a great man of God, and he done a Daniel fast, and it set him apart from everybody else. You can look at what a Daniel fast is yourself. Maybe you want to give up a meal a day. Maybe snacking, maybe caffeine. Ooh, who are the coffee lovers in the house? All right, I'll be avoiding you for the next two weeks. Maybe meat, maybe sugar and sweets, maybe fast food, or maybe something else. But something that you can go, you know what? I'm going to give two weeks where I'm just going to give it to him. And by doing so, I think personally you're going to see a lot of spiritual growth 
and you're going to position your heart to a place of receiving new things, all things new. But I think corporately as a church, together, we're going to really sense a stirring in the spirit. Next Sunday, we'll launch this and we'll also launch some resource, give you the plan of how we're going to implement this as a church family. But I wanted to give you a week of prep. <laughs> and if you're, if you're married, talk to your spouse about it, pray about it. If you're, if you're single, have a think and pray about it. And if you've got a family, what's going to be good? As a family, maybe you can do something. Maybe it's no TV for two weeks and then at time you do a study and pray together. Whatever, whatever it could be, it's between you and the Lord because he's the one that looks at the heart. I'm not going to be asking you, what are you fasting? It's between you and God. And by doing so, there's great blessing. Let me finish with this scripture. 2 Chronicles 7.14. You know it well. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and will heal their land. Why don't we be that people? Why don't we humble ourselves? Why don't we seek his face? Turn from our wicked ways. Then he will hear from heaven as we pray and he will heal our land. Charlie, do you want to come up? I'm going to pray over our church family. How does that sound this morning? We're setting a platform. Starting next Sunday. Prayer and fasting celebration church. Anyone a bit nervous? Yeah. Again, don't have to choose food. Just something. Any thoughts? Why don't we stand to our feet together? Let's just take a moment just to receive the word that was spoken. Just close your eyes with me. Why don't we lift our hands? Thank you, Holy, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Father. If you're in this place and you know that your heart isn't close to Christ, in this moment I encourage you just to in your heart say, Lord Jesus, be close to me. I ask him to be your Lord and Saviour and to forgive you of your sin and, and to, to be the Lord of your life, to give you that all things new, new start. I'll just give you a moment, if that's you in this place, just to receive that. Just to pray that prayer. A prayer of, it's really a prayer of salvation, of commitment to him. Thank you, Lord. And if you prayed that prayer, come and speak to me after. Or one of our team, and we'd love just to pray with you. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we just thank you so much that you were calling our church into a new level. Yeah. All things new, new blessing, new breakthrough. And I just pray, Lord, that we would grab a hold of this. Yeah. Yeah. I thank you, Lord, in that scripture in Isaiah, it says, Behold, you do a new thing. Do you not perceive it? Yeah. And I pray that we would perceive what you are saying. Yeah. Lord, that we would not be dull, but we would have open eyes and open ears yeah. to what you want us to see and to yeah. hear. Yeah. We don't want to be a dull people. We want to be a sharp, yeah. strong people kingdom people so Lord with this prayer and fasting this call to prayer and fasting for our church 
We thank you for the breakthrough that you have for our church yes. family. And we thank you for the privilege to draw near to you. Yes. Yes. If you're here with your spouse, why don't you take them by the hand? Let's have a Charlie just to pray a prayer of blessing over us for the week to come. Yeah, thank you, Father God. Thank you, God, for your goodness and your truth of your word. And Holy Spirit, I just pray um, just against any familiarity in the house when it comes to this idea of prayer and fasting. Holy Spirit, may you break those mindsets of it being a religious duty, but we see it as a holy act of worship. And I pray this week as we go out um, in our families, in our marriages, in our lives, God, that you would just identify, um, bring to mind things that we can sacrifice um, in these two weeks. Holy Spirit, I pray that it be something that honors you, that it glorifies you, that it gives um, worship to you, God, that you will just highlight things this week that we go, oh, I can give that up for the sake of you, God. And so I just pray that across our church family, those that are physically here and those that are listening online as well, Holy Spirit, that you go out with us this week. I pray for your protection over our church family. I pray for um, those of our church family that need healing, that need blessing, that need provision, God. I ask that you meet our needs um, above and beyond. And God, that more than ever, that this week will be a week of drawing near to you, drawing close to you, getting time away with you to seek your word, to seek your wisdom, God, that we fall more in love with you this week than we did last week. I thank you for our church family and I thank you for what you have for our church this year in 2023. Um, I pray that it just brings glory and honor to your name in your mighty name. Amen. Hey, just, just before we finish, who here needs healing right now in your body? You're like, I need healing. You just put your hand up really high. Listen, if there's someone around you, let's just take a moment. Let's just declare kingdom. Let's declare healing. So leave your hand high. Let's move around, church. Let's pray for them right now before we finish. Just declare the name of Jesus, the healing power of Jesus over them in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you would like to know more about our church, please go to celebrationchurch.com.au.